No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. Let's go. Afternoon, and good evening, whoever you are, wherever you are. Whatever you are. It's Monday night. Thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. As always, tonight's recommended drink is Cheap Box One. Holy shit! Holy shit! Woodchip TV dropping a guinea on us during the intro. I barely had time to get my breath. <laughs> Thank you so much. Very generous of you. Oh, that's thrown me. That's that's discombobulated me. Thank you so much for joining us, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Thank you for the guinea. Woodchip TV. Oh, holy shit. Double up. I'm being DP'd by Woodchip TV's Ninja Guineas, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much. Very generous of you. <laughs> Welcome back. We're back live, baby. Here we are. Woo, gotta get my breath back. Holy shit! Three in a row. It's a threesome. Holy shit. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much, Woodship TV. Own up all you bitches. <laughs> Welcome back to the live show. It's been a week. We're back. We're flying. We're fucking rolling once again. Holy shit. <laughs> Thank you, Winning TV. Winning TV joining us in the second half of the show, ladies and gentlemen. Iceman with Diamond. Thank you. Congratulations to Iceman getting his affiliate status. The Czar of Rock. Thank you for the dog. Holy shit! Yeah. <laughs> TV. Thank you. Fucking very generous of you, man. Four in a row. Four as a crowd. Four is a crowd, but Ted's a fucking party. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Don't stop milking. Um, thank you so much for jo- Whoa! Shit! <laughs> Winning TV with the Ninja Gini. Five is an orgy. Holy shit. Oh, we're, we're, we're on fire. We're starting strong this week. Holy cow. Oh my god! <laughs> Thank you so much, Woodchip D. Woodchip Woodchip TV with the guinea. Holy shit. He says he prefers six. Wow. Thank you so much. Um <laughs> just just popped into my head. I remember uh last time there was remember we had that I was diamond raped by the audience what a few months ago. And while that was all going on, I remember one comment in the chat, because I'm kind of like that. I remember one comment in the chat, I think it was from somebody on Periscope, and they said something like, I'm going now because this is getting out of hand. 
I was like, oh, I'm so sorry that I'm making money. Fucking see you later. <laughs> Thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. Monday night here on the Daily Boogie. What is, what's this sound now? There we go. Oh, it's all happening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Ah, God. If you want to become a full-time supporter of the show, then please, by all means, head to patreon.com slash boogiebumper. Become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you would like to complain about the show not going on because people are being far too generous in the chat, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at boogiebumper. As always, tonight's recommended drink is cheap box wine. Tonight's recommended snack is bland brand no-name crackers. This is the official wine and crackers broadcast here on DLive. We got got the work done. So as you know, last week I had some pre-recorded shows. Couldn't do a live show all week. It's great to be back live. It feels normal once again. Well, however normal it can feel, but normal enough. Normal the way it used to feel. So, you know, we got... We got all the work done, but as you know, when it comes to like renovations and stuff, I'm the idiot here because I'm a, I'm a man um, and I live with my wife, obviously. So when I, when the painting and stuff was all done, like I woke up on the last day, I'm like, oh good, it's all done. And she's like, yeah, except for this, 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 and this. (laughs) I'm like, well, renovations never stop. That's the problem. Once you start, you never stop. It's like a heroin. And uh, depending on the type of addiction that you're living with, uh, you, you could be in for a lot of money by the end of your renovation career. It never ends. So the work that we got done, yeah, that bit's done. But I mean, all that does now is the, the stuff that we got freshened up and fixed, all that does now is show off all of the other things that we need to do to get, to catch up the rest of the house, you see. I'm just about ready to burn it down and move on. Go live under a fucking bridge or something. Why not? Fuck it. Uh, thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. So back live. Thank you so much. Uh, tonight in the second half of the show, it, we will be joining. We will be joined by Winning TV Phil D'Angelo, ladies and gentlemen, to talk about a whole bunch of stuff. I wanted to get into some election stuff, some po- uh, political news, and anything else that might tickle Phil D'Angelo's pickle. So he will be joining us, Winning TV, in the second half of the show. Before we get to any of that, though, I have a couple of stories here that I'd like to check off. Thank you so much for joining us on this Monday night edition of the Daily Boogie broadcast, ladies and gentlemen. Let's kick it off with this one. And my God, that's an awful... That's better. So I can already see my first problem here. I'm going to have to fix something there. Don't mind me. We're we're a little bit rusty after having a week off, ladies and gentlemen. It's always the fucking way. There we go. Okay. Uh, (laughs) This is a great story. Microsoft, we want to buy TikTok after chat with Trump. You got Microsoft, you got Apple, you got Google, and you got Amazon. (laughs) Now, remember, last week, we've got to to ban TikTok. (laughs) This fucking guy. It's, It's a very, like, mafia kind of thing that's taken place here with TikTok. (laughs) and i can't help but laugh at this point i mean you think about it for the last couple of weeks donald trump has been out there well i don't know about this tiktok we might have to get rid of it you know we might even ban it what do you think about that tiktok huh we might even ban tiktok tiktok is going to be entirely worthless unless they can tap into the united states economy and its people 
We have some very some very real concerns about the safety of TikTok. We might have to ban it because it represents Chinese influence. So as the value of TikTok starts plummeting, as people involved with TikTok start getting shitty. Joey G, yes, we are live. <laughs> Sipper reloaded. It's literally extortion by a sitting predator. Is it extortion? I don't know. It's it's fucking. It's dancing around the line. I think of extortion. We're gonna get rid of TikTok. We're gonna ban it. There's no need for TikTok to exist anymore. We got a lot of concerns, safety concerns, privacy concerns. We're gonna have to get rid of TikTok. So, as the value of TikTok starts plummeting. As people involved in TikTok and the platform start freaking out, oh my God, what are we going to do? That he's like, hey, you know what? I hear it's not going really well for you guys over there. <laughs> hey, TikTok, I hear you're having some problems with the government, huh? I hear you've been having some problems with your company. You know, that's okay. Have you met my friend Bill Gates over here? Have you met my friends from Microsoft? You know, they'd be very interested in your platform. <laughs> this fucking guy. <laughs> We're going to ban TikTok unless you sell it to Microsoft, okay? <laughs> TikTok might become an American-owned company on the heels of the Trump administration's security concerns about the app if Microsoft could get a deal done. The software behemoth went public Sunday with its plans, announcing that it was pursuing purchase to purchase TikTok from its parent company, ByteDance, and Microsoft CEO has already had a chat with President Trump about the potential deal. Wow. Business meetings in the White House. <laughs> <coughs> Iowa for Trump in the chat. We're going to get a big tax windfall from TikTok. What makes you say that? Aren't there a whole bunch of, like, really 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 rich uh american you know slash international companies that pay fuck all tax amazon springs to mind woodchip tv with a diver tick tick t talk unleash the tickle of booger butt plug she'll get the boogie butt plug on tiktok in other words they're going to make sure they put america first here both on the security side and the economic side <clears throat> Semperi loaded. Well, it'll be owned by one of our one of its greatest allies. There you go. There's more though. Microsoft says it's planning to complete their discussions with the China-run TikTok team no later than September 15. And in the meantime, they'll continue to brief Uncle Sam and Co on where they stand. Sounds like the Feds are on board with this. Well, that's what you want to see. I mean, if the federal government, if the intelligence agencies and the security organizations are on board with the purchase of Microsoft buying TikTok, then I don't understand why anybody would have any kind of problem with that. <laughs> Great company, big company. Winning TV with a diamond, extra batteries, wood chip. There's a little bit of a diamond war going in the, in the chat. One last thing on how Microsoft plans to address, uh, address Trump's security concerns. They say... Among other measures, their crack team will ensure that all private data of American TikTok users is transferred because <laughs> we don't want to throw it out. <laughs> and any still out there being stored in foreign servers will be deleted. You can trust Microsoft, ladies and gentlemen. You can trust the good people at Microsoft.
I'm just looking forward to the moment because I know it'll happen. I'm just looking forward to the moment where somebody unironically says uh, something along the lines of, not this, but... <laughs> Woodchip TV with a diamond. At, le- at famous winning TV as long as it's an energizer. Uh, I'm looking forward to the moment when somebody will say something like, well, you know, if we're going to have companies uh, taking our personal data and taking our personal information, God damn it, I want it to be an American company, not those fucking Chinese call me sons of bitches. <laughs> hey, I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem with an American, a good old fashioned homegrown apple pie American company taking all of my personal data taking all of my personal information and destroying privacy in my country, but I'll be danged if those little yellow commie sons of bitches are going to do it for them. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, my God, woo! (coughs) Hey, TikTok, I hear you're having some problems with the government. Have you met my friends at Microsoft? (laughs) This fucking guy. Fantastic. Ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Moving on. Who here is a fan of a conspiracy theory? Ladies and gentlemen. See, I'm missing something else too. No, I got that. Ah, there we go. That's better. I Who here is a fan of a conspiracy theory? Put your hand up. I like a good conspiracy theory. And Jim Enwood forwarded this one. This could be the best conspiracy theory of 2020. And we've had a few, trust me. We've got 5G, got coronavirus, Got a whole bunch of conspiracies floating around out there. This one could possibly take the cake. Black activist. White nationalists wear black bodysuits commit murder to raise Chicago crime rates. Yeah. It's an ambitious theory. But aren't the best conspiracy theories always the ambitious ones? Riza Islam claims Chicago's crime rates are due to white nationalists wearing black silicon bodysuits. <laughs> the ultimate inappropriation. This is just revenge, I think, for Hamilton the musical. Activist and motivational speaker. He's a motivational speaker. <laughs> Henry St. George Tucker Bumper Why in the chat. Elaborate. Your views interest me and I wish to subscribe to your newsletter. Activist and motivational speaker Rizla Islam claims white nationalists are perpetuating the spike in gun violence in poor black communities throughout Chicago. What I want to know is if it's the white nationalists wearing black bodysuits who are going around shooting people in Chicago so uh, witnesses can then call up the police and say, no, it was a black guy. How does somebody with a white face, even if the rest of their, if their, of their body is black, right? Do they wear blackface? But how is some how is somebody able to walk through these communities in a black bodysuit, whether they're white or black, and themselves not become a victim of a shooting? Right? Are we suggesting here that the white nationalists are far, 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 far better with handguns and surviving in a city? Interesting thought. Lady of Diamonds, Gypsy. Thank you for the diamond, Gypsy. Where did you steal the diamond, Gypsy? Who did you steal the diamond from, Gypsy? <clears throat> it was the Gimp. White nationalists are allegedly disguising themselves wearing black silicon bodysuits in order to carry out mass shootings on a regular basis and frame black Chicagoans without leaving behind a shred of evidence. Oh, those sneaky white nationalists, huh? 
they've gone <clears throat> they've gone from being like the uneducated rednecks that they've been portrayed as in uh, popular culture and the media for the last, I don't know, a few years, to now becoming super spies. Interesting. They've all turned into Ethan Hunt. Sorry, Tom. Sorry, Tom, there's a new white nationalist in town. In Islam's tweet, he writes, why are the shootings in Chicago primarily happening over the weekend? <laughs> Go on. I don't believe it's us killing us alone, not with the full silicon bodysuits that white men can purchase wear and easily be mistaken for a black man. The white nationalists will find a way to murder us. And this tweet got uh, ratioed beyond all fucking recognition. Some Twitter users agreed with Islam's suggestion that whites are purchasing expensive silicon bodysuits <laughs> and going on murder sprees throughout the black Chicago neighborhoods. <laughs> I mean, i got to hand it to him. It's a hell of a fucking theory, isn't it? Good on him. What balls. Go for it, son. He's shooting for the stars on this one. There is an element of that, no doubt, this Twitter user writes, but we have to stop giving passes to lawlessness and senselessness and a lack of moral character in those neighbourhoods. That's the truth, and we both know it. Another person posted, I've been saying the same thing for years, but nobody is listening, to which somebody else replied, that's because it's insane. <laughs> Unfavorite boom with a diamond, because latex skimp soups look like blacks. Apparently they do. Apparently they do. Best bring out the gimp. The gimp's sleeping. Will you best wake him up then now? Islam also threw his support behind the recently terminated Nick Cannon, who lost his position as the host of The Masked Singer after his anti-white and anti-Semitic remarks. Well, it was really only the anti-Semitic remarks that got him kicked off anything, wasn't it? Let's be fair here. Went viral on social media. Precisely! They removed people from their jobs simply because our brother Nick Cannon spoke the truth. These are wicked devils who use their control to destroy lives and then attempt to flip the victim card while creating victims. It's over for this system, he wrote. Kitty B in the chat. Some black dude's mum turned him in thinking it was him. Lol, must have been awkward. <laughs> Moments later, Islam went on to tweet, Brother Nick Cannon was fired and lost his job with Viacom faster than the officers who murdered Breonna Taylor and George Floyd. Think about this. America doesn't give a damn about black people. Well, they may not give a damn about black people, sir, but it appears perhaps they definitely give a damn about white people wearing black body suits. And for that, we should all be thankful white and black alike speaking of uh blackness ladies and gentlemen <clears throat> this was an interesting little story i caught over the weekend we're now we're now retrospectively apologizing zoo officials apologize for display of african man in 1906 do you feel offended <sighs> hope so the organization that runs New York's Bronx Zoo is apologizing for racism in the zoo's past, including putting Ota Benga, a Central African man, on display in the monkey house in 1906. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. They put a black man on display in the monkey house. The hell is wrong with these people?
Oh, to be fair, Semper Reloaded, it's not that pick that they're concerned about. It's this one. <laughs> Back in 1906, though. I guess I guess uh, black people aren't allowed to even be pictured with monkeys anymore. All those African zookeepers need to find it. Learn to fucking code, bro. Because we can't have you anywhere near the monkeys in any way, shape, or form. It's racist. I'm so, I'm sorry, what? But I'm doing this because I need the money. Get the fuck out of here. It's time that you learn to become a computer programmer, sir. In the name of equality, transparency, and accountability, we must confront our organization's historic role in promoting racial injustice as we advance our mission to save wildlife and wild spaces. Officials with the Wildlife Conservation Society said in a statement, the officials with the society cited two instances of unconscionable racial intolerance. <laughs> Just shut it down. The zoo is now a website. Henry St. George Tucker Bumper in the chat. <clears throat> Including the treatment of Mr. Benga, a young man from the Mbuti people, the Mbuti, of what is now the Democratic Republic of Congo. I just like the Congo better. Can we just call it the Congo? Who was put on display for several days in 1906. They noted that outrage from black ministers, quote, brought the disgraceful incident to an end. There he is. There he is, the happy young fellow uh, with his little friend. Holding his little friend there. Mr. Benga went from the zoo to an orphanage in Brooklyn and then to Lynchburg, Virginia, where he worked in a tobacco factory. He died by suicide in 1916, maybe because he was ripped out of, you know, his happy place. The Conservation Society officials also condemned the eugenics-based pseudo-scientific racism promoted by two of its founders, Madison Grant and Henry Fairfield Osborne Sr. It's a very country club name, isn't it? Eugenics, a movement promoting selective human breeding to weed out characteristics seen as undesirable, had many adherents in the early decades of the 20th century uh, and was influential in shaping Nazi policies. Yes, but isn't it also a policy now? I mean, don't we celebrate abortion based on the fact that the kid might have like Down syndrome or some kind of disability now? That's, a, that's eugenics. Why do we have to pretend like they're two different things? So we need to apologise for a photograph that was taken in 1906. We need to link it to eugenics. But then, you know, in the next article, we'll talk about how wonderful it is that we're aborting all of these babies because they have, uh, you know, genetic malfunctions and some kind of mental disorders, right? So, oh, well, we better get rid of it. I mean, we don't, we don't want to breed these people out into the world. The more things change, the more they stay in the same. We deeply regret that many people and generations have been hurt by these actions. Many generations have been hurt, ladies and gentlemen, by this by this picture here. Generations of people. You know, I know the point's been made before, but you can drop you can literally drop a nuclear weapon on Japan, and it doesn't hurt generations of people like a photograph hanging in a fucking museum does. I mean, if we really wanted to hurt those people, we should have just had pictures of Japanese people eating rice hanging around the city. <laughs> Racial stereotype. <laughs> have pictures of Japanese people eating whale or something. Then that, that would really hurt their grandchildren. 
Nuclear bomb? Oh, they'll get over that. That's not going to do anything. They'll come back and start building cars in the aftermath. The chief executive of the Conservation Society, Christian Samper, uh, told the Times that the group had started digging into its history because of its 125th anniversary this year. Happy anniversary, Bronx Zoo. Mr. Samper said that the process combined with conversations about racial injustice sweeping the country after the killing of George Floyd prompted the apology. Well, isn't that great? I love how these disparate things can be tenuously linked what happened? Uh, a policeman killed another, uh, killed a black guy on a street by kneeling on his neck. I see. What are we going to do about it? Uh, take down that old picture of the African boy from 1906 and put out a statement. Sir? Well, we've got to do something. I mean, we literally can't do nothing. We have to do something. Okay, that'll do. And then we don't have to really commit to anything at all. It's a very cheap fix and a PR win. Everybody will love us. So, enough of that garbage. Um, <clears throat> as you know, every now and then I like to keep you up to date with what's happening down here. And it's been a while since we've talked about any coronavirus, ladies and gentlemen. But things are happening in the great land of Australia. <laughs> you forgot the burn everything step boogie. How, how silly of me. <laughs> things are happening down here. As you know, uh, the whole shit show down here started when the government refused to close the airports for months saying that there is no virus don't be silly don't you don't know what you're talking about don't be racist there's no point but they kept the airports open long enough in order to get the chinese foreign students back into australia well the chinese foreign students have now gone back to china and we've apparently closed uh the the country down we've we, we did close the country down for about three months and then slowly people we started getting a little bit of our freedom back and then the, the state that was directly to the south of mine, uh, a state called Victoria, or as we like to call it, the People's Democratic Republic of Victoria, very left-wing state. My state's more historically a little more conservative. Uh, Victoria's very left-wing. They started going through the second wave. And yes, congratulations, Victoria. Welcome. The second wave. They've now gone into even more strict lockdowns than they did the first time. So the people of Victoria and the capital of Victoria, Melbourne, they have been absolutely raped by this. <laughs> Ted Dabrowski in the chat, Victoria, a fellow Sydney cider, Victoria should be nuked. And I think, I think Ted, a fair point and nothing to do with coronavirus either. Just nuke them out of principle. <laughs> Let's just get rid of them. I've long advocated uh, cutting Victoria off the rest of the continent and just letting it drift off into Antarctica. Give it to the penguins. We don't want it anymore. And then we'll bring Tasmania up and attach it to the mainland. And we'll say, now, so see, Tasmania, I think, is ahead of Victoria in terms of livability and just coolness. So we'll fuck Victoria off and we'll bring Tassie up. We'll bring them off the bench, put them on the main team. So, <laughs> bye. So Victoria's been going through uh, the second wave and I wanted to show you a couple of clips here from Victoria, ladies and gentlemen. But not just Victoria. First of all, let's give you Sydney. As you know, I'm not a favour in locking down anything. Um, I don't think it's right that the government can arbitrarily shut down businesses and attack people's livelihoods 
I think it's well outside of their purview. And especially when you consider that for the first three months of this, uh, so many of us were screaming, shut the border, shut the border, quarantine China, don't let anybody in or out of China. Oh, shut up, what do you know? You don't know anything. We were handing out pamphlets at the airport of thousands of people coming through Sydney airport every single day. And then they've got the audacity a couple of months later to say it's our responsibility to fix it. <laughs> Typical government employees. We're not doing anything. We're not doing anything. We're not doing anything. Oh, look, something has happened and you need to do something about it, citizen. Why, thank you, government. Makes you wonder what we're paying for, doesn't it? So anyway, here's a little update for you from the great land of Australia. First of all, what's happening in Sydney? The churches. Hey, who you didn't care about God anyway. Come on. Sydney Southwest is tonight at the centre of a third coronavirus cluster, a cluster. With concerns a Fairfield woman infected with the virus might have put hundreds of people at risk. Thanks, Town. Winning TV with a diamond. Nobody followed the rules on the pamphlet. Yes, they should have paid more attention to the pamphlet. The pamphlet that was being handed out at the airport that said, if you have the sniffles, call this number. And when you call the number... It's an office that's only open between the hours of 8 and 5, Monday to Friday. <laughs> There's like two people there answering the phone. Hey, do you have some coronavirus symptoms? Will please call this number? Beep, 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 beep. Oh, well, I guess it's not that important. Didn't you hear the news? Didn't you hear the government? It's racist anyway. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Fairfield East, Rookwood and Mount Pritchard have all been caught up in the spread as police crack down on illegal gatherings. Hey, a nice, good crackdown. How about that, huh? Yeah, little religious, like you see, Ted Dabrowski, a fellow Sydney cider. He knows the story already. Little old religious lady from Fairfield, the super spreader. She's got the light of the Lord inside of her. <laughs> Don't you love... Don't you love like the um, the framing of this already? A crackdown on illegal gatherings, ladies and gentlemen. Oh yeah, the gatherings are now illegal, and we're just saying it. It's just common usage now. Remember, for months I've been telling you that they would switch it around. That coronavirus would not be the problem in the future. In the future, they will just slowly turn the discussion around and say. Freedom is the problem. The virus isn't making people sick. Freedom is. And how do you frame freedom as the problem? Why you call gatherings like going to church as an illegal gathering. Casting coronavirus on all the sinners. <laughs> Ted Dabrowski, ladies and gentlemen. As health authorities dither over the wearing of dither. masks, Woolworths has taken a stand, Have they? calling on all customers at its stores in the hotspot areas of Fairfield and Liverpool to cover up. It's very, very important, especially in this area. How many? Why is it so many of these people who are so concerned with masks don't wear them properly? Have you noticed that? It's got to cover the nose, chap. Got to cover the nose, sir. I had somebody take my temperature at a building the other day and they had the mask on. It was only covering their bottom lip. I felt like taking the temperature gun off him and saying, maybe I should check your fucking temperature. <laughs> do you even know? Do you even know what you're doing here, sir? 
Do you even know how to wear this fucking stupid thing or what? It's got to cover the nose. It's got to cover the whole mouth. I mean, I could see his mouth moving while he was saying to me, oh, we're doing restrictions because of coronavirus. I need to check your temperature. And it was only covering half of his mouth. <laughs> Breathing into my face while he took my temperature. Uh, you know, you pay peanuts, you get monkeys. So I recommend everybody to wear the mask. Yeah, I recommend. A third I recommend. Who, I recommend everybody wear the mask. Who the fuck are you? <laughs> <laughs> Joanne G with a diamond. A five-year-old, I told my mother, church made me sick. A five-year-old made you sick. ...to form in the southwest with fears of church... Holy shit! Woodship TV, dropping a guinea on us. I'm playing Star Wars The Old Republic. Listening, I can't find a mask in game. Freaking mask Nazis. Don't worry, we'll get to, I've got some more mask fun for you before we go to the second half of the show being joined by Winning TV. Birchgoer has become a super spreader. She's a super the spreader. The woman in her 40s attended five church and funeral services over four days. Wow. Five church and funeral services over four days. She's addicted to God. <clears throat> Jesus Christ. Yes, exactly. See, maybe we can blame God for this. Maybe we should blame Jesus for all of this. You know, if you weren't so filled with the light of the Lord, then maybe I'd be able to go to work. You disgusting, selfish God botherer. <laughs> you selfish, Bible bashing bitch. Stay home. You can worship the Lord in your own toilet if you want. Why do you have to go to church? These are the kinds of things that people are saying, by the way. Shut down the churches. These disgusting, selfish Christians. Can't go five minutes without praying. <laughs> there are lives at stake here. At the St. Brendan's Catholic Church in Bankstown, Ossia Funeral Services at Fairfield East, St. John's of God at Rookwood, and Our Lady of Mount Carmel at Mount Pritchard, putting hundreds of people at risk. Risk. So far, two couples, one on the north coast and one in Sydney southwest, have tested positive to the virus. <laughs> uh, what? I'm sorry, what? All of that build-up. All of that build-up for the super spreader? She's put hundreds of people at risk? If you're not from Sydney, you probably won't understand this. Byron Bay is fucking nowhere near Sydney. <laughs> it is hours and hours and hours away. <laughs> Four people. Four people dead. Oh, we've got a super spreader on it. We've got a super spreader on the loose. She's, go she's going around infecting hundreds of people. This God-bothering, Bible-bashing bitch from the southwest of Sydney is infecting hundreds of people, potentially, with this deadly coronavirus. Uh, what are the numbers? Four. It's like the old Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. 400 victims? No, 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 sir, just four. Just four? Yes, sir. I don't have a lot of virus. I don't have a lot of money for chocolate. 4,000 victims? No, just four. Just four. 
the story of the super spreader, ladies and gentlemen. Anyone who attended the services is being urged to isolate. Get tested for COVID-19 regardless uh, of any symptoms. Uh-huh. They were among 19 new positive infections ah. in the state. After an- uh, 19 new positive infections in the state. A state, ladies and gentlemen, of around 7 million people. I think it's around. Ring the but bell maybe between and get six your and seven. cheese, man. Thank you for the gifted sub, Woodchip TV. I think it's about between 6 and 7 million people live in my state. Ring Nearly the bell 5 million and get people. your cheese, man. Thank you for the gifted sub, Woodchip TV, handing out the subs. I think it's about 5 million people in Sydney and about 7 million people Ring in the state the as a whole. Ring the bell and get your cheese, man. Sub hype in the chat from Woodchip TV. 19 new cases. So the story is uh, this little old religious God-bothering bitch. She loves Jesus too much. That's a problem. (laughs) She's too in love with the Lord. So she's putting everybody's lives at risk. She's going around to to four or five different churches over a weekend trying to hurt people. Thank you for the gifted sub winning TV trying to hurt people, trying to make people sick, trying to kill people, trying to bring them closer to the Lord by using death, I can only only assume. She's going around. She's a super spreader. She's going around infecting people, hurting people. Four people directly from that. She can't help herself. (laughs) Four people directly affected from her. 19 in the state as a whole. A state of around 7 million people. Well done, Australia. Well done, Australia. You're so good at following the rules. I thought the whole point of this was to flatten the curve. Ladies and gentlemen, if in a state of 7 million people, only 19 people have uh, recorded as a coronavirus case, that's not even a positive infection, I don't think, a case, technically. It might be. But if in a state of 7 million people, only 19 people have this thing, uh... How much more can we flatten the curve? How can we possibly flatten a curve more than that? Isn't it job job done? Isn't it fucking mission accomplished at this point? Oh, no, no, no. Now we need to protect for the next wave. Ah, right. And then what happens after the second wave? Well, you've got to think about that third wave. You've got to protect yourself against that. Who knows how bad that's going to be? For another 30,000 plus tests. Four cases have been linked to three... 19 cases out of 30,000 tests. That number for cases versus test is so small, it is statistically irrelevant. It's such a small number, it wouldn't even count as a fraction of one. The decimal point is so small. Schools all are undergoing deep cleaning and are expected to be closed on Monday. <laughs> and the Thai Rock restaurant has now become the state's second biggest cluster after cluster. the Ruby Princess, with 60 cases now connected to the venue. Mm-hmm. Police were on the... Ca- Citizens. <laughs> hey? The boys in blue are on patrol. Don't you feel safer? Don't you feel safer with more police on the beat? Doing things like asking you whether you ate at a Thai restaurant last night or not. (laughs) We must have solved all of the other problems already. 
We must have fixed all of the other crime. We've got so much time for our boys in blue. Back the blue, the thin blue line. We've got so much time for our lads and our ladies to be out there checking coronavirus, going up to restaurants, asking how many people are eating there. Coronavirus enforcement, ladies and gentlemen. COVID beat last night, conducting compliance checks on pubs, restaurants and homes. How many people have you got inside? Ugh. Becca with the diamond, thank you so much. 98.8% of us will be left after this. Is that all? My God. Compliance checks. I remember the good old days. I remember the good old days when the police would just annoy you with a compliance check on the side of the road. Now they're going up to chefs in restaurants. Oh, uh, how many people you got sitting here eating you? Huh? How many people you got? 19? Huh? In compliance checks on pubs, restaurants and homes. How many people have you got in? So I've got 12 at the moment. <laughs> they broke up a dance party of up to 200 people yeah. in Jindabyne. Yeah! Come on, kids. Have a look at the kids having fun. <laughs> they broke up a... They don't give a fuck. <laughs> They broke up a dance party out in the woods. By the way, I hope you make it to the Black Lives Matter protest rally on the weekend. <laughs> They're just kids out in the bush, uh, listening to music, dancing, taking drugs, having sex with strangers. What the hell is wrong with that? Oh, we've got to break it up. How many people have you got at this illegal gathering right now, huh? A dance party of up to 200 people <clears throat> near Jindabyne. All of those people are receiving infringements in relation to their behaviour. Oh, this guy. <laughs> Constable Care. Over here. Shocking behaviour. Disgusting behaviour. Good on him. They can't go outside. They've been told they need they you need to be locked in your homes. You can't go to work. Right? Sports, no. Concerts, no. Nightclubs, no. Bars, no. Restaurants, no. So they're like, you know what we'll do? Let's go out into the middle of the fucking woods where there's nobody. Like like our own Burning Man festival. Oh, everybody every one of them. Disgusting behavior. We're gonna be handing out infringement notices. Oh. A pre-wedding party in Auburn. And awake in Doonside were also targeted. <laughs> even even if you even if somebody's already dead, they're not safe from the coronavirus enforcement task force. <laughs> awake! Awake in Doonside. They've even got the fumigation tent up. Free Look at this. Party in Auburn and awake in They've even got the fumigation tent up at the wake and do They're saying farewell to a dead person. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, uh. I don't think so, citizen. Side were also targeted. Hit with a thousand. Carol in the chat. What's an infringement notice? Is that like a ticket? Yes, it's exactly like a ticket. It's exactly like a ticket. You get a fine. And if you don't pay the fine, uh, you could eventually go to jail for, you know, 30 days, 60 days. You can go to court and argue it. But I think they rely on most people not going to court and arguing the case. They just pay the fine to get it over and done with. Dollar fine for hosting 50 people. I don't believe it. 
50 people saying goodbye to a, a dead relative. Give them $1,000 on the way out. <laughs> I just so sad. You know, I just love Grandpa so much and I wish he was here to pay the fine. <laughs> people, imagine imagine, imagine what, what sort of a cold-hearted bastard you'd have to be to hand people a fine as they walk out of a fucking funeral service, huh? Crying, dressed in black, beside themselves, people hysterical with sadness. Oh, my God. <laughs> Here you go. Have a nice day. Thousand dollar fine. Thank you very much. When you are when you're eventually allowed to go back to work, when we eventually lift the arbitrary lockdown laws that we have placed upon you with very little notice, and have shut down your workplace and your means of earning an income, you now owe us another thousand dollars. Thank you very much. We're from the government. We're here to help. I've just added to the to the pain and the stress of it all. 19-year-old St George player Stevie Upalasi died in a car accident on Monday. His family insists they check with police two days ago about what to do. Not to have um, more than 50 at a time, ah. but we were under the impression that we were allowed to have 100 at a wake. Now, that's your fault, young lady. You see, <clears throat> this is the way it works. When you ask the government or the authority something and they give you an answer... It is your fault for listening to them and thinking that that answer is going to be relevant at the time that you need it. <laughs> Everybody knows that. We called the police. They said we can have 50 people at a wake. Okay, they have 50 people at a wake. They all get fined. What are you fining us for? Because you got 50 people at a wake. But we called your office. They said that we're allowed to have 50 people at a wake. Sure they did. <laughs> Don't you love it? <sighs> but I was trying to follow the rules. Well, the rules are subject to change with no warning whatsoever. It gets better. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're living in the great city of Melbourne, the southern capital of Melbourne in the great People's Democratic Republic of Victoria, uh, you've got this to deal with now. Australian Defence Force personnel have been chatting with drivers at checkpoints for some time, but yep. today troops are out patrolling Melbourne's streets. <laughs> Don't you just love the vanilla way that this is presented? <clears throat> Coming up after the break, why the Australian Defence Force is patrolling the streets of Melbourne looking for coronavirus sufferers. <laughs> <laughs> wow the military now you know call me silly call me silly anyway but here I was with this crazy idea that I've had you know since childhood you know going to school learning about civics and stuff right Becoming an adult, you know, talking about politics and whatnot. <clears throat> but I've always had this sneaking suspicion that uh, it's wrong to have your own military patrolling its own citizens, right? Who else has heard that? Who else has heard that it's a really, really, really bad idea to have the military patrolling its own citizens? Because that's like, that's like a whole new level of authoritarianism, right? <clears throat> I mean, at least when I was coming up as a lad, that's what we understood it to be. 
<laughs> Aloha Snack Bar with the diamond. Thank you so much. Church is closed, but Dems can attend packed wake of dead Dem. Yeah, well, that's true too. I tweeted that out the other day, that picture. You're not allowed. If your grandma dies, right? Fuck you, citizen. No, you can't see her. We're trying to save lives here. What the hell is wrong with you? Don't be so selfish. When a politician dies, well, I mean, we've got to we've got to give the guy a fair send-off. Barack Obama's giving a speech. We want a pack house. We want every we want every seat filled. We want the cameras in there. Because, you know, you thought that, you know, if you're an American and you saw that, you thought once upon a time that you fought off the monarchy. You didn't fight off the monarchy, you just replaced it. Nick Hall with the diamond, save us or take us as refos, uh, refugees, regards Victoria. Yes, the, the open-hearted, empathetic citizens of Victoria, ladies and gentlemen. So it's just the new monarchy. It's the new lords. It's the new kings and queens and lords of, you know, the feudal system. They can do it, but you can't. They can attend a funeral service, but you can't. You pay for their funeral services, right? That was on your dime, a state funeral. And all of the lords and all of the kings and all of the princes and the queens and the princesses and all of the important people gather in one area at one time while you, the peasant, are being patrolled and policed by the military. Your businesses are shut down for the day. You're being forced to mourn. If you don't mourn the guy, you'll be, you know, you'll potentially be kicked off fucking social media or lose your job or be shamed and shunned. Right? So the, the rebellion, the war of rebellion in United States history, oh, we got rid of the kings and queens. No, you didn't. You just replaced them with somebody else. You got kings and queens, but you don't call them kings and queens. And they're strutting around now doing their royal best to ensure that you, the peasant, know exactly who's in charge though, right? Different set of rules for different set of fools. So let's get back to uh, why it's now a good thing to have the military on the streets. <laughs> Live now to report a shot. A reminder that Victoria is a very left-wing state as well. So uh, the irony here is so thick it would choke you to death. Chanel Vella and Chanel, where will we see them? Well, Mike, it's impossible not to see them. My crew and I were driving through the city today and this afternoon and we saw... It's impossible not to see the military on the streets. There's so many of them, apparently. Several groups of ADF personnel walking the city streets. They are, of course, accompanied by Victoria Police. They are the ones with the powers to actually find people. But for the most part, the troops are talking to people, reminding them about the restrictions. And it's likely... <clears throat> well, my first question here is... If the troops are just walking around, talking to people, right? If they're just walking around, talking to people, reminding them about social distancing, then what's the point? Because anybody can do that. Any government employee can be charged with that duty. Oh, we're just, we want people to go around and, you know, talk to citizens, remind them about social distancing. Yeah, we're just talking. We're just talking here. We're just talking over here. <laughs> so just go around, talk to people. 
if that's all they're doing, then my question is, why are the military doing it instead of some other government employee? Now, correct me if I'm wrong, like this could be way out there. This could be very conspiratorial. But do you think that this is helping normalize the idea of having military police the streets? Just getting people used to seeing military uniforms in the streets, telling them what to do? I mean, what kind of new normal are we heading towards here? You know, in six months or twelve months from now, <clears throat> look at the way they look at the way they're presenting this story. Oh, they're only out there; they're only talking to people. Look at the Chiron. Troops help COVID fight. The troops, the armed forces. Little by little, just getting more used to the idea, getting more used to the idea of seeing fucking armed service members walking around the street, coming up to you, confronting you. Excuse me, sir, how long have you been sitting here at this restaurant? <laughs> fucking beg your pardon? You heard me. Did you know that there's 20 people in this restaurant right now? No, I didn't. I'm eating a fucking sandwich. Why would I? I'm not counting people. Well, I'm sorry, sir, you were the last one in here, so you're going you're gonna to have to leave. And on your way out, if you could just be tested by the coronavirus testing, of course, if you do refuse testing, we will be forced to arrest you. What? Just going up to people in traffic. Knock on the window. Window comes down. Sir? Yes, Ring sir. Ring the bell and get your cheese, man. Sir, I'm just checking. Uh, do you live with everybody in this car right now? None of your fucking business. Go fuck your mother. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Are you being difficult? Well, allow my friend from the Australian Defence Force to speak to you. You're going to speak to him? Trust me, you don't want to speak to him. He's not going to be as nice as I am. We're just out here talking to people. The Defence Force, ladies and gentlemen. Patrolling the streets of Australian cities now. It'll never happen here. We used to laugh at other countries for images like this. Laugh at them. And now we're right there in the same boat. And I, I said it before and I'll say it again. We are doing everything exactly that China did. <laughs> Donald Trump even wants to buy TikTok. He wants Microsoft to own TikTok. <laughs> we are copying everything that China did from the lockdowns to the surveillance to the drones to the army on the streets to locking people in their homes to shutting down the businesses. Everything that China did, we are now doing. The only difference I can see is that in China, at least they know they have no freedom. But here in the West, we think that we still do. So maybe we're the idiots here. I don't know. You tell me. With that, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to take a quick five-minute break. We'll be right back after the break, joined by... Winning TV, ladies and gentlemen, is going to be joining us for the second half of the show. We've got a couple of things to go over. Uh, talking about elections mostly, I hope, anyway, because I know he follows it. He's a bit of an election nerd like me, so looking forward to that. Uh, if you'd like to become a full-time supporter, then please head to patreon.com slash boogiebumper. Become a subscriber by hitting a subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And, of course, 
if you would like to complain about the military patrolling your streets, and you can do so by following me on Twitter, at Boogie Bumper. So we'll take a quick five-minute break. We'll be right back on this Monday night edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. See you soon. your novelty comedy songs organic handmade with painstaking care put into every note well look no further than irrational times using only the finest instruments to create an experience that your ears will thank you for later irrational times attempts to elevate the whimsy to a desirable level new songs and sketches every week so check it out. Idiot boogie bumper. Idiot boogie bumper. Idiot boogie bumper. Idiot boogie. Idiot boogie bumper. Idiot boogie. Bumper. Idiot boogie. <laughs> really giving that one a workout? Come on. <laughs> Dlive.tv slash JJ Stone, and we love JJ here on the show. It's the J.J. Stoner Spring Collection, the perfect attire for any and every occasion you can think of this season. Like we were in the mosh pit full of sweat and everyone slapping, hitting, and pulling on you. This shit won't rip. Lunch at your favorite cafe? Brunch with the girls? These stylish ensembles will give you the confidence you need to look and feel your best. Or if you're getting arrested for possession, it comes with a built-in police stick-proof body armor. Keep swinging, pigs! Call now and your order will come with a complimentary ounce of that dankest bubblegum slurricane that the South has to offer. Don't forget the wall tapestry! If you need to cover your wall, it works! Inverted, narcissistic, and most importantly, completely pointless. Come waste an hour of your week with The Starting Block, Friday nights Australian time at dlive.tv forward slash The Starting Block. Get in touch with us on Twitter, at The Starting Block, no K at the end. Also, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or iTunes by searching for The Starting Block, or one word, or on Podbean at startingblock.podbean.com. Join the Blockheads, tuning in, in their millions, right around the world. Hello, my name is Frozen Asian, and I like to tell you about my show, The Sunday Night Shit Show, every Sunday night at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, along with good conversations and laughing at funny and weird shit we find on the internet. We also have The Hat Cam, where I showcase my myriad of great-looking hats. Here is a testimonial from a great friend of mine who has enjoyed my hats lately. Hi. I hope your next hat is a bullet. Jesus Christ, what are you, fucking Asian dick crazy? What you? Why do you have to ruin my evening? Like, I, I'm just gonna just listen, you know, listen to my buds do their show, and you, get, you gotta, you just gotta do that. Without the hat. So you're not enjoying it? No. 
Dude, Asian oh, Dick Tracy. I really enjoy it. You look no. like you're going undercover in, in Argentina. But it's now working. I hate you. <laughs> I hate you. I hate oh, come on, you secretly love it. No, no, I openly hate it. <laughs> and there you have it. Uh, so... Subscribe to the Sunday Night Shit Show at youtube.com slash Sunday Night Shit Show. And uh, hope to see you there on Sunday nights. Bye. The world is a terrible place, full of terrible people doing terrible things. Thankfully, there's a weekly live stream that doesn't sugarcoat it for you. Join Major Tom Saturdays at 10 p.m. for the Big Empty. That's Major underscore Tom on DLive. Make sure to use zeros for O's because your life really is that hard. Patriots, this is your favorite Southerner, Doc Martin. Just wanted to remind you to put on your calendars to join me and your favorite near-to-wheel Yankee, Bill D'Angelo, on Saturday nights, beginning with Promises Kept at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, followed by the Speakeasy with all of your favorite Patriots. You never know what we might cuss and discuss. That's right, Doc Martin. This is everybody's favorite Yankee, Phil D'Angelo speaking. And on Saturday night, we could have Kimmy, wise sensor, affectionately known as Electrolux, the original grandma, UK Neil, Rusty, and his famous sound test show, Coffee Talk with Sandra, Earth Citizen, Stefan, the infamous Grandma Sears, Mac Daddy may even make a show up, or virtually anyone else in the world for some irrelevant fun. Yankee, you mean some irreverent fun. So be sure to join us on Twitch, Periscope, DLive, or YouTube. That's right, Doc. Follow us at Winning TV on all of those channels. So be sure and put it on your calendar. We'll be looking for you. We'll leave the porch light on. I still think it's irrelevant fun. But why are you fumbling for coins when you have a heavy bag? <laughs> There's a place that we can go. Justin, the global officials that can help all, also known as Got You, have now banned all boogieing and boogie-related movements worldwide. Public safety is the main concern, they say, and people are reminded that boogieing is contagious. Anyone caught boogieing will be dealt with in the harshest terms police have reported. 
Live once again, baby. This live edition of the Daily Boogie podcast. Uh, as promised, I am bringing on a special guest. He is the half Japanese, half Italian host of Winning TV on a Saturday night that starts about 8pm and goes till God knows when. Winning TV and the Speakeasy. I am, of course, talking about a uh, friend of the program, dear friend of the program, Mr. Phil D'Angelo. Can you hear me, Phil? Can you hear me? Hey, there he is. I can. How are you? How the bloody hell are you? Uh, first time caller, long time listener. I see. <laughs> first time caller. Holy shit! Woodchip TV. Second half fun. Uh, we mon up, please. I don't know what we mon. Oh, money up. Lemon up, please. Lemon up, of course. Oh, yes, definitely lemon up. So thank you for joining us, Phil. Um, how, how have you been, mate? What's new up there in upstate New York? Oh, <laughs> we're still, we're actually not in lockdown really up here. Okay. Uh, the city, but uh, we still have to follow the rules. Otherwise, you know, your business license will be pulled. Right. Uh, your license will be pulled if you're not following the rules. The rules. Yes, I get it, following the rules. So are you in a COVID-facing business or what? I am, but I'm by myself, so I own my own business. So uh, I don't have to follow the rules, <laughs> and I haven't since it started. So Right. Well, that's very, very lucky for you. Um, Jesus, we're getting a lot of, like, weird noises on the line and stuff. That's It's a bit, bit disconcerting. Um. What should I do? Maybe I should call you back on Zoom, perhaps. Um, yeah, we'll do it that way. I'll call you back on Zoom because this line is terrible on Discord. I don't know why. So um, I think I've still got your Zoom here. Is your Zoom open? Uh, let me open it now. Okay. We'll get Phil on Zoom because there's a lot of like background noise and yuckiness in there. So I'm not quite sure what's going on. I'm going to drop the link just in case because Zoom has changed a lot of things. Ah. Passwords okay. and all kinds of garbage now on Zoom. Yeah, so. yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it just sounds really shitty on my end. A lot of... So, yep, 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 yep. Okay, cool. There you go. All right. I dropped it in Twitter. Okay, let me jump in Twitter. Let me sort this shit out. Let's mute Phil there. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, sounds like an old record. 
exactly. Hopefully this is a little better. Connecting, connecting, connecting. Can you hear me, Phil? I can hear you. Hey, look at that. Much better, much better. Yeah, so I don't know. It might be something on the Discord end. I'm not sure. But that's now, now I feel refreshed. Now I feel like we can actually get something going here. So upstate New York, so you're obviously uh, Mr. Cuomo, the great Chris, uh, the great Chris Cuomo, I nearly said, uh, the great Andrew Cuomo is your governor, your brave El Capitan. Uh, how do you, how do you and how do the people that you live with, like, because you're not in, you're in a red part of New York State, is that right? Yes. Yes. Although in 2018, uh, my district, District 22, was lost to the Democrats right. by a very, very narrow margin. Ah, so do you think the guy who won in that election will be in trouble in 2020? I think he is. Uh, in 2018, I saw a lot of Anthony Brindisi signs. Now, I travel from for my business. I've been all over the county, at least Oneida County, Herkimer County, and Madison County which is a large chunk of 22. Right. Uh, I've seen two Brindisi signs. I've seen thousands of Tenny, Claudia Tenny signs. Okay. So, and she's a Republican. So it's hopeful there. So. Okay. Um, let's see. As a general question, because I know you're a bit of an election junkie like me, how do you see 2020 painting out? Because I would have been, I was somebody who was like maybe six months ago, I'm saying like it's all wrapped up. Don't even fucking bother. There's no point even having a discussion anymore. But I just wonder now, in the current state of play, if things might be changing a little bit. How do you see it? I think it's a lot closer than people on Twitter believe. I, I keep seeing lion slide, landslide. I don't think it's a landslide <laughs> by any means. So, <laughs> just on that, like landslide, landslide, landslide. Haven't we fucking learned our lesson yet? Like, does nobody remember in 2018, both sides were saying landslide? And no, is, is this the, the world that we now live in, that every single election, regardless of what's happening, everybody just always predicts a landslide? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, the, in 20, remember 2018, red wave, red wave, no, blue wave, blue wave. And it really wasn't either way, to be fair. It was kind of close yeah. in some. A lot They flipped a lot of, the Democrats flipped a lot of, like, suburban seats. Uh, seats that were held by the Republicans since like 2004, 2008 in some cases. So, you know, that like long-time Republican seats and they were flipped on like very, very small margins. We're talking like less than 1%. I think about 30 seats are held by less than 2 or 3%, which is fucking nothing when, um, you know, over 50% of people don't even bother voting in the first place. Like that can be changed like in one in one day. So, you know, oh, landslide, landslide, landslide. It's like, please, please, <laughs> stop. Stop. You're embarrassing yourselves. Come on now. Now, it's it's hopeful, at least in District 22, from what I'm seeing, okay? Mm -hmm. You know, that doesn't mean it's not going to be close. Uh, right now, Brindisi is not, they're not really active like they were in 2018. Holy shit. Holy shit. Woodchip TV, drop it again, on says, on Twitter, Trump says, 2020, motherfucker, Trump is king of ventilators. <laughs> <laughs> the ventilator king. So with Anthony Brindisi, 
This is the Democrat. You and I were having a discussion about this, I think, like six months ago before coronavirus was even a thing, talking about what a clever campaign he ran because he's the moderate. I'm the moderate guy, right? You know, yes. uh, Democrats in Republican districts. And a lot of people don't give credit to the Democrats for how they did flip the House in 2018. A lot of their candidates are like this, like local business people, fucking veterans, right? Uh, people with good standing in a in a Republican community, but they were talking about shit like, well, we're just going to deal with health care. How about that? Like, we're not interested in Antifa. We don't do the hard left-wing stuff. We don't care about, you know, racial justice, social justice. We just want good old-fashioned blue-collar Democrat, you know, industrial blue-wall blue Democrat stuff, you know, manufacturing jobs, health care. Let's get you a little bit more money in your pocket. Some of them were even running on, like, we're going to lower taxes and stuff. So they were very smart yeah. in how they framed things. Oh, it was a uh, genius on his part. Uh, he also had to run against uh, Nancy Pelosi. Right. And that's what's coming back to haunt him. Okay. He ran on, I will not vote party line. I will, you know, reach across the aisle. I'll work with Trump. I'll do all the 98.9% of the time he voted with Pelosi. So that's, that's what's killing him right now. Mm. So, you know. It, I know you notice that. I know you pay attention to that. I pay attention to that too. But it, in all honesty, how much do you think the average person takes pays attention to how candidates actually vote when they're on the floor in Washington? Uh, probably uh, 15 to 20%. <laughs> which may, which okay. may be enough to make a difference. I'm not sure. But not if that 15 or 20% is already voting for the opponent anyway. Like you have to get a new fifteen to twenty percent to pay attention to that right. stuff and then care about it as well at the same time, which is another thing. Like we've seen so often, like you'll point out somebody's hypocrisy and they go, well, "Yeah, but at least he's not a racist. <laughs> at least he's not in the KKK." So that's good enough, right? I mean, look at yeah. Justin Trudeau could get uh, done with blackface three or four times, and they say, "Well, they vote him back in again." And it's like, "Well, at least he's not a racist." It's like, "What?" But you said that this is racism. He's like, yeah, but he's not your kind of racist. Oh, okay, okay. So it doesn't really no, matter I mean, a lot of that stuff. No, not not to most people. Most people have no clue no, on no. half of what's going on right now. So exactly, uh, or even a third. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let's speaking about no clue. Did you see me talking about the masks before? Um, we've got the military now patrolling the southern capital of Melbourne in the People's Democratic mm -hmm. Republic of Victoria. One can only hope that we start getting the military on the streets of various cities of the United States in larger numbers. Nothing to do with riots. Like, don't worry about quelling the riots. Can we just enforce the mask wearing? Because I think we need to do that. Look at this. If anything, to put a stop to the Karens, Phil. Because have a look at this. Stop it! That is assault. Are you going to tell us? I'm going to take your picture. Go ahead! Go ahead, everybody! Yeah, you think this is cute, huh? You, you think sick. this is cute, not wearing a mask? He's gonna make you all sick, Phil! Man, I, 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 I hope you die from your pants. Where the hell from, bro? I'm teaching them this part! You can take care of this just by walking away. Thank you. You'll get a damn mask and put it on your face. The, the bet, my favorite part about this is, he, look at this chap. He's got the camouflage short, shorts, like the army fatigue shorts on, because he's doing his best. He's a patriot, you see. He's a brave warrior. <laughs> Have you seen any of this action yes. in, lately, Phil, where, where you're from? Yes. On, on Thursday night, I, I ran a show, and I had a 
a woman actually pepper spray a family having lunch <laughs> at a dog park for not wearing masks. Yes. A family. Yes. yes. The whole family. She maced them all. What, like children as well? I, I could hear uh, it sounded like a child screaming. Oh, good. And crying. <laughs> That'll learn them. So, yeah, she, she, <laughs> she maced their entire lunch. Wow. South, it's got that south of the border. Hey, I always, I did, I did order a Cajun omelet. So thank you. Um, <laughs> people now, people are now turning into mask vigilantes. Do you reckon? Do you yeah. reckon? Uh, very rich, powerful people are laughing at us. Uh, like, look at what we're doing to each other here. Look at look at how we're reacting to things. I've got an even better one. In the, uh, stands at a baseball game, not wearing a mask, and yeah. <laughs> with his friend. Yeah, the only one there. I, I equate him to the nerd that got his ass kicked in high school, and now yes. he's getting his revenge. You know, this yes. is revenge of the nerd three. Oh, you're speaking, you're preaching to the choir because that's been a long-held theory of mine that people who end up in government who write policies and procedures and protocols for average citizens were themselves bullied in high school. I think it's a large number of them. And, you know, they probably wet the bed well into their 20s and they weren't smart enough. See, if if you're a really high intelligence person who's bullied, it probably helps you because you don't go out and play and waste time. You stay in your room and you study because you can't, you, you know, there's nothing else for you to do, right? So that's how you become like an astrophysicist or a, a chemist or something like that, right? Is because you're studying because you don't want to go outside because you're getting bullied all the time. You stay in the library and you don't play in the schoolyard. But if you're a dumb kid who gets bullied, your options are very limited the only place you can really end up and make a go of it is in the government where you can just follow rules that somebody else sets for you and you can create ridiculous rules and nobody will stop you. Nobody will tell you how stupid they are. So a lot of these people end up in government, you know, wetting the bed into their 20s. They were uh, bullied beyond all recognition during high school and now they get to a point and it's like, "Mm, you know what, I don't think I'm going to let you go to church. And I said, well, what are you doing? What's that got to do with anything? It's like, well... Who's making the rules now? Hmm? I'm I'm making the rules. You will do what I tell you. Sometimes these people become, you know, ministers or cabinet uh, members or prime ministers and presidents. I think most of them write the regulations in America. So absolutely. Well, it's not just the Americans. You'll be pleased to know. We've also got some British guys, some lively lads here, Phil. Uh, also fighting over the masks. Thankfully, the men fight more about the masks, uh, more violently than the women do. But as you know, when we're talking about British tourists, all you got to do is get a couple of grogs into them and they turn into fucking world beaters. You know what I mean? Have you ever seen British backpackers at a bar? <laughs> They're all the same. They all start out the same way at the start of the night. Hey, you going? Yeah, I'm just here on a holiday. I'm just doing a little backpacking. It's like a lot of fun in that. And then you give them a couple of pints of Guinness and they're like, what are you fucking looking at, you cunt? You know, like they can't help themselves. You get a couple of grogs in them and they want to fight everyone. So, or a football game. Or if, exactly a football game. They don't even need alcohol at a football game to do that. So have a look at this British guys fighting over masks. This is. Oh, look at the great irony here. We've got him need. We've got him pinned to the floor of the aircraft with his knee on the deck. 
I can't breathe. I can't breathe. You should have worn your mask then, mate. Fucking hell. I'm sorry, sir. It doesn't work if you're not black. <laughs> you won't be let up. I'm sorry. In fact, if you're black, you don't even have to wear a mask in the first place in many jurisdictions. You tell me I'm scared of you. So there you go. It's not just the Americans. <laughs> It'll never happen here. And on the converse side, we have the people who make a stink about wearing a mask and being thrown out of the store making a giant scene. Right. Which I'm no fan of that either. Yeah, like, you know, you still have a choice, right? Uh, you know, I don't want to get too libertarian on everybody, but you still have a choice. If a particular store says you're not allowed in here without a mask, then it's like, you know, don't act like it's the end of the world. You know, just say, well, okay, if you're if you're that committed to not wearing one, then go, okay, fine, whatever. And then I'll go somewhere else. Like even walk past them and wave the money in the air. Bye-bye money. Then bye-bye. You don't have my money now. Uh, you know, fucking rub it in. Go to another store down the road who doesn't care about a mask and then bring it back and say, here, look, what I got it down at your competitor. I'm going to recommend them to everybody on Facebook. They were very friendly. They were very nice. Or my personal favorite solution to it, Phil, just wear a mask with your mother is a whore written on it. See what happens then. <laughs> what are they going to do? <laughs> what are they going to do? Oh, wear, wear an all lives matter mask. Yeah. That'll really get your attention. <laughs> yeah. The best mask I ever saw was the guy in the supermarket who was wearing the clan ho uh, hood. <laughs> Did you see that guy? <laughs> yes. It's yes. somewhere in like Southern California. Walking around with a clan hood, and they're asking him to take it off. He's like, "What? We're trying to save lives here, aren't we?" <laughs> Your friendly neighborhood clan members. Um, I want to show you this one, Phil, <laughs> because this you know, has been since going. Everybody on yeah. the right is called Hitler. Yes, you should just get a flesh tone mask with a little mustache. Yes, there you go. Now you're talking. Just get the little Hitler mo on the front of the mask as a tribute. Absolutely sensational. Uh, Jim Enwood in, in chat asking, did you see the boomers with the swastika masks? No, I didn't. I wish I did, though. I wish I did. Congrats. Very edgy boomers now. Look at what 2020 is producing. <laughs> we've got people beating each other half to death on a plane for not wearing a mask, and we've got boomers wearing swastikas on theirs. It's very difficult to keep up. <laughs> I want to show you this because we were talking about the election. I want to get into it a little bit more with you. Uh, I've re well, not recently. I once referred to William Barr as a boring DMV employee. That's the way he comes across to me. You know, the guy you've been standing in line all day, like with a particular form, and you get up to his counter, and he's like, I'm sorry, you filled out form W1-B. You actually need to fill out the W1-AB form, which is slightly different to this. Oh, come on. William, please, I've been staying in this line all day. Can you just tell me, like, what do I have to do? Can I just change it? Yeah, you just have to go to the back of the line. You're going to have to take another number. He just gives people nothing. He's an annoying DMV employee. And I, you can tell that he really has no love for the job when he answers questions. You know what I mean? 
I think he does do it out of a sense of duty in some respect because he probably hates his life. Like, and, and it shows when he has to answer these questions. So this video is going around. I just want to get your thoughts on uh, William Barr, the, the world's most boring DMV employee, which probably makes him DMV employee of the month every fucking month at the DMV. So let's have a look. Bit of Scotland the Brave. Are you aware that the rector of the church, that the Episcopal Archbishop of Washington and the presiding bishop of the Episcopal Church nationally, along with the Catholic bishop of the Archdiocese of Washington, all denounced this police assault on the civil rights and civil liberties of the people? Did they do that before or after the fire was put out? <laughs> so how can you sit here and tell us why should I investigate the President of the United States if you're not even aware of the facts concerning the President using the pardon or commutation power to swap the sign? It's just like, look at the way he just stares at them. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just complete disdain for these people. It's, it reminds me of Ben Stein. <laughs> like it's, it's, ben Stein. it's dripping with antagonism. Like it's just like... Uh, if if you could put uh, into a facial expression, that would be it. Uh, he just doesn't care about what they say. Silence of the witness. Because we, we require uh, you know, a reliable predicate before we open a criminal investigation. And Mr. Barr, if I Yeah, but this is a hearing. I thought I was the one that was supposed to be heard. Well, <laughs> I, I waited 45 uh, are, An hour for you this morning. I haven't had lunch. I'd like to take Mr. a five-minute break. Mr. Attorney General, we're, we are almost finished. We're, we're, we're going to be finished in a, in a few minutes. Otherwise, you can, we can certainly take a break. But um, You're a real class well, act. Yeah. <laughs> You're a real class act, Mr. Chairman. We'll have a break. No. But in fact, you have no evidence that foreign countries can successfully swear elections with counterfeit ballots, do you? No, I don't, but I have common okay. sense. Body right here would rise up if they decided to go tonight and paint the Capitol building? This body, I'm not sure. Now, <laughs> that, that was a pretty funny little video. Uh, I'll put the link in the chat. Now, I'm not somebody who's like, oh, William Barr is like a god who can do no wrong, because I find that kind of thinking to be uh, problematic. I hate using that word, but I'm going to have to. It's the same as treating Donald Trump as like Jesus who can do no wrong and everything he does is right. Like William Barr has, um, you know, a couple of things that I'm really in against. Like for one, he wants to destroy privacy on the internet. So he wants, you know, he advocates for the NSA and other intelligence agencies to archive, like legally archive, uh, metadata and personal information, you know, emails, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, of every American citizen. And so, like, I find it funny when people are like, William Barr, he's so good, he's so good. It's like, yeah, but he's not all good. You know what I mean? And that mm -hmm. kind of thing is the shit that you would have said was the most important stuff. Remember Spygate? Remember how we all agreed that the NSA has far too much power and they do criminal things? Well, he wants to make the criminal things legal. <laughs> like, yeah, shouldn't we, shouldn't we be against that? Oh, yeah, but he does play the bagpipes, though. I was like, oh, well, okay. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I mean, Bill Clinton played the saxophone. Exactly. exactly. I, I, I talked about this on Saturday night. 
that uh, the Supreme Court just gave Trump a whole load of executive powers to do a bunch of things that I, I don't like that. Stop. <laughs> what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Don't, don't give the president that kind of power. I don't care what president it is. Uh, yeah. Cause he's not going to be president forever. Was, like at right, some point your opponent will win. <laughs> exactly. Hello. <laughs> and then the, the same people cheering it now will be screaming bloody murder. When yeah. the other side does it. And just like the uh, the Senate rule that the Democrats changed, remember, uh, to just like a majority vote, when that happened, uh, all the Republicans were like, ha-ha, well, too bad. You changed the rule. It's your rule. You can't complain about it just because we're using it. That's just going to be what they say in, you know, exactly. eight years' time or four years' time, depending on what happens, right? Now, that happened under uh, when they tried to ram through Obamacare, right? Mm-hmm. So now everybody, everybody who is complaining about it, which it was wrong. They shouldn't have changed the rules to get Obamacare slammed through the way they did. It left a sour taste in everybody's mouth. Everybody complained about it. But now they're saying, use it. Use it. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> so, what are like, you waiting for? Like, what's, what's your general impression of William Barr, though, taking all that into consideration? Net good or net bad? Uh, I, I don't like the collecting data mm-hmm. doing exactly what he's complaining about, Yep. but he's probably 70% net good because he's a, seems to be a straight shooter. Right. Well, yeah, he at least tells you how he's going to rip your privacy away online, you know, exactly. <laughs> not hiding it like other ones. Um, you sent through a couple of items to my inbox, Phil, and I, I assume you want to talk about them. So I thought I'd bring them up here. Here's the first one you sent me. It's a short little clip from Al Jazeera TV, one of my personal favorites. Let's have a look at this. Thousands of protesters on the streets in cities all over America. Demonstrators shoulder to shoulder, huge numbers unified in a historic fight for social justice. Ah. But this is not what social distancing is supposed to look like, leading many to ask, did the protests lead to a spike in coronavirus cases? This recently published research paper is the most definitive study to date addressing that question. Okay. Based on our research, there is no relationship between the Black Lives Matter protests and spikes in COVID-19 in any particular city. At the- <laughs> you haven't gotten to the best part yet. <laughs> it just reminds me, I don't know, did you see the episode we were playing the premier of Victoria, the 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 state in my country which now has um military personnel patrolling the fucking streets mind you uh yes where he was talking about what's causing this second spike and there was no mention of the black lives matter protests which happened you know 15 20 000 people in the street at one time instead he blamed families going to each other's houses for barbecues on sunday <laughs> like they're to blame how dare you so <laughs> you know Phil and wife and Phil Jr. go to Boogie Bumper's house and we sit down and have a fucking potato salad and a couple of sausages. Next thing you know, we're the super spreaders, Phil. We caused this. It's our fault. And while we look out the front of our, you know, city apartment window and see 20,000 people marching down the street arm in arm, it's like, no, don't even don't even worry about them. That's not even happening. Pretend like it's not there. Uh, ben K. Veritas, Phil's mic is too low in tone and volume. Fix, please. Well, it looks, I don't know, it looks okay to me on my end. 
I don't know. Say something, Phil. Say something, Phil. Yeah, no, it looks okay. It looks okay to me. So <laughs> give me my pass. <laughs> so let's see. We'll, we'll keep this going. The population level. The study was co-authored by five economists ah. and examined government COVID numbers and cell phone location analysis in over 300 cities where protests occurred. Wow. Cell phone location analysis, huh? Oh, fantastic. So good news, guys. We're using the cell phone data to prove that the protests are perfectly safe. <laughs> you missed the key point. The study was done by five, five economists. economists. Yeah. <laughs> we, Not by scientists. No. We here at the uh, Bureau of Economics have determined that the coronavirus, the viral infection, did not spread during the Black Lives Matter protests. The results showed what researchers call avoidance behavior. Ah. People who didn't participate in protests went out of their way to stay home, increasing social distancing and keeping infection rates flat. They were so good. They were so well behaved, Phil. The protesters. <laughs> maybe it was the, maybe it was the flames, the super hot flames from the tire yard, which burned off the coronavirus in the air when they were throwing Molotov cocktails through the window of the auto zone. Do you think? Anything? Well, that's why they were setting fires. They were killing the coronavirus that may have been infecting people at the riot. Exactly. They're very responsible human beings. So you also send this one to marry up with that one. I assume. Let's have a look. America is locked in back. I mean, look at all this. Look at all the social distancing here. Never mind what you see on the screen in front of you. We have a study. <laughs> we have a report by five economists. They, <laughs> they they said they were being responsible, guys. Ignore the evidence that your own your eyes deceive you. You can't hide your lying eyes. America is locked in battle, waging war against novel coronavirus while fighting a disease that has plagued the country for centuries. Black people are just tired of having to protest for the same thing. Here. Oh, wait, 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 wait. The, the, the disease that's plaguing the country for centuries, that's racism, right? Oh, exactly. I get it. <laughs> I get it. We're currently at war with coronavirus and racism. <laughs> it's the same thing. Well, that racist virus targets people of color more yes. than it does white people. So Yes, it certainly does. That's very true. Year after year after year, it's just like consistent and nothing's changed. With more than 1.7 million confirmed COVID-19 cases in the U.S., the numbers continue to rise. But so do the crowds. Protesters gathering from city to city, doing exactly what health officials have spent months urging them not to do. Um, Did you not just see the report, though? I mean... We have a report by five economists. They say, like, look at, see, see what you see here. That's actually not really happening, Phil. See how the crowd's all like squished up together and they're all close standing next to each other. Uh, if you read the report by the five economists, you'll find that everybody was very responsible. They social distance and the protests themselves are not responsible for any spread of anything at all. Only perhaps unity. That's the only thing that was spreading. I think these are deep fake videos created by white supremacists to make the protesters look bad. You you think so? You think they would go that far? Maybe maybe <laughs> they're all wearing black bodysuits, Phil. <laughs> white supremacists in black bodysuits. 
<laughs> speaking of deep yes. fakes, <laughs> speaking of deep fakes, uh, I don't know who saw might have seen this one over the weekend, but I laughed my tits off when I saw this. Have a look at this. Speaking of deep fakes, ladies and gentlemen, Jeffrey Epstein coming out with his newest album of greatest hits. Jeffrey Epstein's greatest hits. You know the album, you know the back catalogue of Jeffrey Epstein's hits is worth far more now that he's dead. Were you aware of that? Uh, he didn't kill himself, so. He didn't kill himself, no. It was a drug overdose like all good rock stars. Uh, let's carry on. We're in the middle of a pandemic right now. Right. We have two crises that are sandwiched on top of one another. All of it leaving little room for social distancing. Now health officials are bracing for a possible spike in cases. These protests are almost an incubator for coronavirus for a few reasons. Number Ooh, one, people... Boo! Look at this white supremacist, Phil. Look at this fucking <laughs> Nazi here. Okay. He even tried to tan himself like Trump. Like right. There. <laughs> Fake tan. I know he's got like a Mediterranean name and I know he's got the grey hair and I know he looks Indian, but he ain't. His real name is Bob McGillis. He's Bob McGillis, the white supremacist from Ireland. People are in contact Paid with a lot of other Trump people campaign. in very close... <laughs> Sorry, say again. Paid for by the Trump campaign. Yes, apparently. of course. Of course. <laughs> and number two, they're in contact for a good deal of time, which means that virus can spread back and forth. On top of that, a lot of yelling, a lot of screaming and spitting. The growing unrest is complicating efforts to control the virus. In LA, testing... Here's the thing for you, right? And I know that you've been taking the black pill because you've said you've said as much over the last couple of months we're slowly we're slowly bringing you to the dark side Phil which I'm very happy about very proud of um so, yes so yes <laughs> yeah yes my precious come to the dark side of the force Phil you are a rebel scum um so we've we've been bringing you slowly <laughs> to the dark side over the last couple of months here's what I witness right just as an outside observer as somebody like I I try to emotionally detach myself from most of these things, right? Uh, and just deal with first principles. Would you agree with this statement that it appears that regardless of which side you're on, we're all being funneled into the same police state shoot box. So you're a Republican, right? You're a Republican. You're a, you're a Trump guy. Uh, not you personally, but just like as a, as a example. So you're, you're a Republican Trump guy. You hate the mask laws, you hate the shutdowns, but you're in favour of the feds going into um, various jurisdictions, right, uh, enforcing law. You're a supporter of William Barr who wants to erase privacy on the internet. So that's one angle, okay? Um, also, you're a big MAGA, you're a Trump guy, Trump handing billions of dollars of taxpayer money to the pharmaceutical companies to develop vaccines, which are being fast-tracked to be rolled out uh, and we're not sure yet whether or not that's going to be mandatory or not. So that's on one side. On the other side, uh, you you know you love wearing the mask. You you're all in favour of that. Uh, you believe in the lockdown laws, so you're in favour of that. You want to find businesses who open. You want to throw people in jail if they don't wear the mask. Uh, you're attacking statues. You're attacking federal buildings, which is bringing the federal police out to the jurisdictions in the first place. 
it seems like regardless of which side you're on, if you look at the rhetoric coming from the top of both sides, it seems like at the end, we all end up in the same place. And that's where peasants being uh, controlled and policed heavily. And, you know, the, the people at the top are free to, you know, go to funerals and have their dinner parties and their gala events. And we're locked up inside our own homes with the government sticking the rifle muzzle in our back. Is that a fair thing to say? Exactly. Uh, look at New York State. Cuomo went to Georgia, right? Yep. It's a, it's on his 31 states that you must quarantine when you re- return to New York State, right? Yep. Or if you come from Georgia, you have to quarantine for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Except Cuomo didn't have to quarantine. He deemed himself an essential worker. So no quarantine, no mask either. Right. I think this is what is pissing a lot of people off on both sides. Now, my, my mother, who is a liberal, she is starting to say, wait a minute now. Cuomo, why did Cuomo go to Georgia in the first place? And when he came back, he didn't have to quarantine. Hmm. But my niece, who got married in Minnesota, uh, if anybody wanted to go out there and see the wedding, they had to quarantine for two weeks. So, you know... My, Even people who are liberals, like my mother, are starting to see, wait a minute now, uh, Washington, D.C., John Lewis's funeral. They had a huge funeral for the guy, okay? They had lines of people. Yep. A packed church. Obama speaking, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Nobody had the quarantine. They weren't, weren't, you know, required to do the same thing uh, as, say, my neighbor whose wife passed away. He couldn't have a funeral. So she's starting to say, wait a minute now. You know, you can't have a set of rules for one group of people and a, a different set of rules for everybody else. So I think I think this is starting to backfire. Yeah, and but at the same time, I, I'd wager that there's a whole bunch of uh, Trump MAGA people who voted for him based on a, a whole set of things like, <clears throat> you know, perhaps the the thinking was wrong in the first place to think that the wall would be finished, but it's not. Perhaps the thinking was wrong in the first place to assume that there would be like, you know, like say, even if you, even if they say it's not a Muslim ban, right? Maybe you wanted a Muslim ban. I don't know. Like maybe that's what you wanted, right? Uh, You know, that didn't happen. So, uh, you know, there's like the re-signing of the Patriot Act, for example, uh, in December last year. So there's a whole, on the flip side, there's a whole bunch of Trump people who are now like, well, I can't vote for the guy again. You know, I think it's silly to assume that everybody is always in the tank for 100% of the things all the time. I do wonder how many people will, because, you know, the polls, the polls are the polls, right? So we, we all understand that. We take them with a grain of salt. So um, I did this the other day. I was just playing around with this. This is a really good tool, actually, the ABC News, the interactive map, because you can flip states around and, you know, just it, you can come up with a number based on what you think. And this is the one I came up with. This was my like early, 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 early phase prediction. So you can see there I've got uh, Pennsylvania uh, staying red, but Pennsylvania is a funny one because Republicans think that Pennsylvania is like a dyed-in-the-wool Republican state, but it's really not. If you actually look at like the history of Pennsylvania, it fucking flips between Democrat and Republican. And a lot of times like... Republicans have made predictions on wins based on winning Pennsylvania and they haven't won it. And you have to also factor into the consideration 
the local state Pennsylvanian government with all of the redistricting and shit that they carry on with there. So it's a, it's quite a tricky one. Like they lost a couple of seats, didn't they, in the last um, midterms? Yes, yes, they did. Right. So there's no guarantee that Pennsylvania will stay red. I don't think. Um, also, this, they lost. They lost same as New York twenty two, very narrow margins. So. Right. That's true. That's true. Uh, but the suburbs, I think, in the midterms really gave the Republicans a shock. The suburbs of uh, Pittsburgh, for example, which were very pro-Trump in 2016, all went to the Democrats in quite a big way. So the margins like across the state were quite large. But I think when you take like the numbers in just those very key uh, demographic areas, like in the suburbs around Pittsburgh and whatnot, that went violently to the Democrats, the Republicans were a little concerned about that. I've got Illinois uh, going back blue because that's on a fucking razor's edge, I think. Um, but here's the thing for you, right? Uh, Arizona as well. See, Arizona, I had somebody on Twitter say that Arizona will never go to the Democrats. And I said, well, hang on. In 2016, right, Donald Trump only held Arizona by four points, by 4% um, over the worst Democrat candidate in at least the last 40 years in Hillary Clinton. We've also seen uh, Kirsten Cinema is very popular there now after her first term as a senator. So she's brought a lot of, I think, she's done her best to to present like the moderate face of the Democrats in a, you know, in a red state like Arizona. So I'm not sure that that's like locked in the bag either, um, especially when you consider down ticket votes. Like maybe Biden versus Trump head to head is a little bit of a misnomer, but the the... Republicans are definitely in danger of losing like two or three Senate seats in various states too. And nobody's fucking talking about that. Have you noticed? Like nobody wants to talk about the down ballot stuff. Uh, in 2018, it was mostly Democrat senators who were up for re-election. In 2020, it's mostly, it's flipped around. It's mostly Republican senators who are up for re-election. A lot of them in swing states and purple states as well. So, you know, you might win the presidency, but what happens if you lose the Senate? Then it's then it's game over. Then it's like four years right. of nothing. Then you may as well just sign it off, check it in. Nothing will get passed. Nothing will get signed. Nothing will get done. It'll just be committee hearings. It'll be the Judicial Committee and the Intelligence Committee, just Adam Schiff again for another four years, just constantly talking about Russia and Russia and Russia. So here's the thing that I put together, right? So if any one of the states between Pennsylvania... Arizona or Florida, if any one of those states goes blue in this mock-up that I did, Biden wins. You can see there, if Florida goes blue, yep. Biden 288. If Arizona goes blue, Biden hits 270. If Pennsylvania goes blue, Biden hits 279. Yep, <laughs> exactly. So what do you think? That's why... I don't think it's going to be a landslide. I, I really don't. I think it's going to be a battle. Now, you and I t discussed this a little bit back and forth, I think, on uh, Twitter, maybe Telegram. Uh, Biden hiding out is their strategy, but how long will it work? Well, um, because it's obvious, obvious now he's hiding. Well, he's getting cover run for him by the corporate press, as you would expect. Um, exactly. but I think it's working. Uh, it's, it's quite clever to be honest with you. Uh, they're not dumb by keeping him out of the spotlight. Somebody shared this with me. I think it's from, yeah, here we go. 
Steph shared this with me earlier. So we'll just play this. Have a look at this. Um, talking about Joe Biden not doing a debate, right? We're just 59 days away from the first presidential debate between President Donald Trump and former Vice President Joe Biden. But for weeks, some political experts have been raising the question, would Biden be better off skipping the debates? <laughs> former Clinton White House Press Secretary Joe Lockhart wrote an op-ed for C... It's, a, it's amazing yep. to me. It shouldn't be amazing, but it still amazes me that they try this stuff on. Up until six months ago, no political expert, quote unquote, whoever they are, whoever they call themselves, you, often people with who earn too much money, right? That's what I call them. But no political expert worth their salt would ever suggest that it's a good, a good idea to skip a debate. Ne that would never happen, right? In, right? in no election campaign, you cannot allow the other guy to control the stage. You have to face him face to face. You have to go up there toe to toe. You have to show people that you're not afraid. Like, these are basic political realities, 101. But here we are, because it's fucking clown world in 2020. The corporate press, who would normally be lambasting any candidate who doesn't do a debate. Why? Because it's less content for them, number one. They want to show the debate. They want to have the ratings. They want to have people. They want the conversation to be generated from it. They want to be able to pick through the debate and pick out the winners and the losers and stuff. They love this shit. But they're now openly in the tank. For one guy, no, I don't even think he should go into the debate. <laughs> it's fucking amazing to me. It's plain, it's plain been, as uh, the uh, the nose on your face. It's right there in front of you. They've been throwing this out for a while now because uh, I think about a month and a half ago, I saw an article uh, speaking about this, saying that Biden, unless he gets Trump's tax returns, shouldn't debate. <laughs> what? So, <laughs> what, we're making so demands now? They've been floating this for a while. Unreal. CNN.com titled, Joe Biden could still lose this election. <laughs> and as I read it, I was struck by this provocative paragraph. Have Quote, a look. Whatever you do, don't debate Trump. Wow. Trump has now made more than 20,000 misleading or false uh. statements, according to the Washington Post. It's a fool's errand to enter the ring with someone who can't follow the rules or the truth. <laughs> Biden will undoubtedly take heat from Republicans and the media for skipping the debates, but it's worth the risk as trying to debate someone incapable of telling the truth is an impossible contest to win. Wow. <laughs> So why have we had why have we had any debates then in 200 years in 2000 years of politics why have we ever had any debates ever if that's the case what exactly. a, what a new reality they're creating for us huh if this is my opinion if they try that and and he says no I'm not going to go to the debate there will be a second round of debates because that that is going to face major backlash. I think uh, Biden it'll, it'll appear he's hiding for a reason, right? And I think everybody is starting to see the reason. To be honest with you, yeah. And like even Democrats will start saying, "Hey, come on, just take him on. Just you got to get up there, Joe. Come on, Joe, don't be a pussy now." Uh, I I do find it amazing that the political experts and the fucking opinion writers are out there on the front foot saying, "No, no, don't have a debate," when that is literally how they make their money. Well, if you go back debates. and look at the Democrat debates before Biden was selected, mm -hmm. and that's what he was, was selected, Yep, uh, he didn't fare all that well in any of the debates. 
he fumbled a lot. He lost his place. He he was off in outer space, I think, in a lot of the debates. So I think they know. I You just can't put him up there. And I've wondered if the whole point of putting Biden on the ticket, this is my theory and I'm going with it, even though a lot of people are like, oh, he's going to win, he's going to win, he's going to win. I'm like, nah. But my whole thing with putting Biden on the ticket was he is the safe corporate option for the Democrat Party. And people will say, oh, what do you mean? What are you talking about? And it's like, even if you disagree with Bernie Sanders, even if you don't think he's a real socialist, even if you dislike him, you have to respect the fact that um, the establishment of the Democrat Party does also not like Bernie Sanders. Because he represents, if you get Bernie Sanders into those fundraisers, he's not going to do the fundraisers, right? He's not going to secure the millions and millions and millions of dollars from the rich Democrat Party donors in Los Angeles and New York that they need in order to run viable campaigns for their other candidates down ballot. So we're talking about like the senators in those purple states, right? For example, they need to secure that money. They need to present the face that they have a chance of winning in order to secure the funding. People aren't going to give, you know, $10 million to a party if they know that there's no chance that their candidate can win. So you put Joe Biden out, you say he's the safe guy, he's the corporate guy, he's the moderate guy, he's not going to change anything. Business people do not want to give money to a Bernie Sanders type who is potentially going to cut their legs off with regulation down the line. You know, believe it or not, Nancy Pelosi is not a socialist. People say that she's a socialist. She says some social justice things. But, you know, culturally she might say things to appease socialists, but she's in a business term, she's nowhere near a socialist. She's in favour of big business and big money. She loves it. Uh, Woodchip TV, holy shit, dropping a guinea on us. King of ventilators doesn't need a debate anyway. He will punch out Biden. He will punch out Biden in the back. <laughs> punch Biden in the back. So that's that's my theory that they went with Joe Biden to be the safe corporate option so they can secure the funding for the down ballot votes in those purple, you know, states where they think they have a chance of winning senators and kicking out a few Republican senators. I don't know. What do you think? I agree. Mm-hmm. Except, well, you and I know, and it, this goes back to the 10, 15% of people that pay attention, that actually pay attention. Uh, Joe Biden has Bernie and AOC writing the platform. Yep. So if anybody, if Trump is smart, he hammers that home. Because well, that puts the socialist tag back on. And actually, I, I read a lot of the platform. It's Bernie Sanders' platform, basically, right? you know, with the exception of a few things. But that would be to appease, um, you know, the the hard left progressive sect of the Democrat Party who otherwise wouldn't support Joe Biden, right? Because they need their votes as well. They need their enthusiasm because, you know, the quote-unquote moderate um, corporate Democrats are not going to get the kind of interest and excitement in an election campaign that an AOC will for all of her failings, she's very good at marketing. She knows how to get people out to vote. Ilan Omar as well, Bernie Sanders, they're very good at getting, you know, the the student vote, for example, the young the young vote, God bless them. So they're going to need them during an election campaign, I think. So there's a lot of pandering going on there, right? He's running a, a tightrope on that because you've got Bernie, you've got a platform that is far left. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to appease to the middle of the party, which is the bulk of the party. If he tries to run that platform through to the convention, if they have one, 
uh, or tries to run through the debate with that, that platform, you know, unfortunately only 10, 15% of people are paying attention, but it will be heard on a debate. And I think that's why that's another reason why they don't want them out there debating because this platform, it will be discussed. Right. Yeah. I mean, whether you can get a coherent argument out of him at a debate though, like, because you might think yeah. it's a you might think it's a good plan to hammer Joe Biden's platform at the debate, but Biden is just as likely to come out. You know, you know, Joe, I hear you want to uh, regulate cow cows farting in fields because you think it contributes to climate change, and this is going to put a thousand farmers out of work. Yeah, well, when I was a kid, I had a friend who was a farmer, and uh, he <laughs> would uh, mix with the black boys, and they would go down to the pool, and uh, they would rub my leg, make the hair go the other way, and <clears throat> I just think that you know. Uh, there's a lot of talk that my platform is left wing with the cows fun. Look, I don't, I don't shut up. You shut up, fat. You shut up. Shush now. I don't think that you know. There's a lot of misinformation out there about my platform, and you could you could say to him, "Look, I have your platform right here. It's here in black and white." Oh, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what the hell you're talking about. I just think that we need unity. And we need to get back to uh, trusting each other and being, you know, we need to progress to a brighter future for all American families. And the whole crowd and the, and the you know, the commentators go, oh, yes, that's a perfect answer to Trump's misinformation. So I don't even think that it's going to matter. I'm not, sure he, I'm not sure he can get all that out in one sentence. <laughs> he try. They're not going to stop him. They're just going to let him ramble. <laughs> yes, that's, that is true. You ain't the moderator will definitely let him ramble. Absolutely. Uh, we've seen that before. Absolutely. So. All right, Phil. Well, I've, I've kept you long enough. We're coming to the end of the show. Is there anything you wanted to finish up on? Thank you, by the way, for joining us tonight. I really appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. Oh, thank you for, thank you for having me, your royal majesty. Your royal majesty, majesty. king of boogie stand. That's correct. Your, I, I accept your royal highness. That's my preferred pronoun. Maybe I need to put that in my Twitter bio so people stop fucking it up. No, it's not he, him. It's his royal highness. That's what I prefer. Um, <laughs> is there any final points you'd like to make? Uh, anything that we might have missed? I know there's so much we could talk about. Well, no, not really. I, I'm getting blackpilled, but not as far as Mersh. That's, uh, that's all I'll say. <laughs> you haven't bought a BMW yet? No, no. I needed a BMW and, uh, you know, need to put some new fuses in it and some lights and, you know, right, well, a little bit of work. You're halfway there because you're already putting the carts away because I'm sure you're a responsible citizen and a responsible oh, human absolutely. being. That's the main that, thing. That's a death penalty, I think. Absolutely. Know. Shoot them on site. Yes, snipers. Yes. on the Snipers. We'll, we'll hire the Koreans on rooftops from the California, the LA riots to just patrol the parking lots to, to take out the people who don't return their carts. How about that? But then actually we'll uh, need to hire... Then we'll need to hire the cart boys. They'll have to pick up the dead bodies and put them in the carts that are left in the in the parking lot. So we're going to have to get some stronger cart boys, I think. Give the Koreans some guard towers. Yes, makes sense to me. All right, Phil, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Phil, you can catch Phil winning TV at winning TV on Twitter at winning TV underscore. He's also live on Saturday nights from 8 p.m. with Winning TV and then from 9 p.m. with the Speakeasy with the lovely Doc Martin. And you've also got who else goes on your show? Iceman4433, Coffee Talk with Sandra goes on there, the Electrolux, Kimmy, uh, Grandma Sears, uh, Grandma Smith. You've got two grandmas on the show. So oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks, thanks so much, Phil. I really appreciate you coming on, man. Thank you, sir. Excellent.
There he goes, ladies and gentlemen. The great Phil D'Angelo joining us on this edition of the Daily Boogie podcast. And I tell you what, it's great to be back live. Finally back live. So thank you to everyone who joined us. I hope you appreciate that. And do give Phil a follow. Great friend of the show. Great guy. And like I said, a fellow uh, election junkie. I know that probably wasn't for everyone what we were talking about there because (laughs) let's be honest here. um, How many of you tune in? just for things like, uh, let's see, Toddles running for president. Oh, speaking of Toddles, tune in Wednesday night. I have in my hot little hands, I have in my hot little hands, a hot, 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 hot clip from Toddles, which I haven't watched yet. I promised the person that sent it to me that I would download it just in case he deletes it, and I've done that. And I promised that I would not pre-watch this uh, video of Toddles, the next president of the United States. By the way, we support Toddles here on this program, Toddles 2020. <laughs> I have a clip of Toddles. He's found love, ladies and gentlemen. So I'm very much looking forward to reviewing that because, you know, if you're going to run for president, we, we don't want a bachelor as president, do we? We want a family man or at least somebody who's in a committed long term relationship. And Toddles may have just found his special little someone. So. I swear I haven't watched it yet. I want to give you general reaction. I want to watch it with you. <laughs> so we will do that on Wednesday night, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to everybody for contributing tonight. Big shout out to Woodchip TV. Very generous of you. Thank you to everyone for joining us and contributing here on DLive. Uh, thank you to Winning TV, Phil D'Angelo for joining us. And thank you to everyone else for sharing the show out. It's good to be back live. If you'd like to become a full-time supporter of the show, then please, by all means, head to patreon.com slash boogiebumper. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you would like to complain about last week, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at boogiebumper. Uh, don't forget, later on tonight, Coffee Talk with Sandra, Rational Times, everybody's favourite lover of French women, Mersh. Uh, and then I'll be back tomorrow at 6pm. Bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. So... Oh, no, I won't be back tomorrow. Fuck, I'm an idiot. <laughs> I'll be back on Wednesday. Wednesday at 6 p.m. Bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Uh, don't forget to follow all of our friends. And until then, I'll see you then. So stay calm, stay rational. God bless. And we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.